can help and support the resilience and first responders is by practicing the authentic training of yoga. Hello and welcome to this edition of the FBI National Academy Associates Leadership APB podcast series. My name is Laura Masterton and I'm the Director of Special Projects and Training Coordinator for the Association. It's a pleasure to have joining me today, Olivia Mead. Olivia is the founder and CEO of Yoga for First Responders. Yoga for First Responders has been a staple morning program at the FBI NAA National Annual Training Conference since 2017. And with Olivia's determination, she has established that yoga is an amazing and important way for all first responders to combat trauma and stress in their everyday lives. Olivia, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about your background? Yes, absolutely. So I've um, been a yoga teacher for 18 years. I started teaching yoga when I was uh, 21 years old, but I practiced in all different kinds of ways growing up. So for instance, my, my dad was a golf professional. And if anyone out there plays golf, they know that it's more of a mental game. And so he actually introduced me to the mental side of the yoga practice. And a lot of us think that it's mainly, you know, a physical practice. And the physical practice I was introduced to I'm growing up in in ballet. I was in ballet training. I was a professional dancer. And so I got the physical aspect of yoga. And then my dad showed me this this mental aspect of yoga. I started really practicing sort of more of a hardcore physical version when I lived in New York City uh, in my early 20s. And that's when I became a yoga instructor. Um, And I taught yoga in the gyms and the yoga studios and all the things we typically think of here in in our Western culture of what yoga teachers do. But there was something that was kind of bugging me a little bit because the yoga training that I got was with true masters, the authentic practice. I I even have uh, one of my teachers when I studied in India that I am still in touch with and teaches me every day about this really complex wisdom science that is yoga. But when I was teaching in the gyms and the studios, the yoga studios, they were so, um, their primary focus was the, the trendiness of yoga, play the right playlist, let's market the yoga pants, right? Yoga is a billion dollar business in the West, and they're going to keep it that way, you know? And I was more interested in these deeper layers of the original and authentic teachings of yoga. So that was kind of gnawing at me. And then at the same time, I was hearing um, the the high statistics of stress-based health issues, mainly for military. So I first was focusing on teaching yoga to the military and to veterans. And there are specific trainings out there that you can do in order to be trained on the most effective and safe way to do so. And I got trained in that and I taught yoga um, in VAs uh, with people who are struggling with post-traumatic stress. I started teaching active military. I was living in Los Angeles and I just got this sort of ping and my, my, it was kind of, I was talking to my mother And my mother actually asked me, well, why aren't you teaching first responders? I mean, they're out in the fight every day. And it kind of just dawned on me like, oh my God, of course. And you know, this is the thing that 
I think all of the public is kind of uh, guilty of, and I sure was, is that we expect first responders to be there, and they are, and we don't realize consciously that they are human beings. And, you know, there was so much focus on veterans and military, and I didn't see any focus on support for first responders with this modality. So just like I had Googled yoga for veterans, I Googled yoga for first responders, and nothing came up on the internet. So I had to make it up myself. And that's kind of where the the story of YFFR begins. You have an incredible background. How can a yoga practice build resilience in first responders? Yeah, that's a great question because you have to think about what is the original intention of yoga versus what um, were the misconceptions that we have here in the West. So the the big understanding of yoga, and I, and I know this to be true because whenever I have a group of students, I ask them, I say, be honest with me, what do you think yoga is for? And in general, it falls into two buckets, either stretching or flexibility, something having to do with the body um, or relaxation, meaning zenning out and kind of being like, oh, just loosey-goosey and relaxed. And the original intention of yoga is actually a training tool to master the mind and create optimal functioning of the psychophysiological system, meaning everything, the mind, body, and the nervous system. So it's really to train those subtle bodies that we don't have training for. When you're, when you're born, you're trained how to you know, brush your teeth, you're trained how to drive a car, we're trained how to do life, but not trained how to keep our own system properly functioning. And that's the original practice of yoga. Does the physical body it, it, within that is, is encompassed by that? Well, yes, because that's part of our, our tool, right? Is our physical body. So yes, yoga is training optimal performance of the physical body, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. So how yoga can help and support the resilience in first responders is by practicing the authentic training of yoga. So what I mean by that is stress is not the bad guy, first of all. Um, what we need to, stress is going to be out there and stress can actually be a tool, but we have to teach ourselves how to take that tool, process that stress. And by knowing how to process it on a physical, mental, neurological, emotional level, it then turns into resilience. And the other thing that yoga is training is nervous system regulation, not relaxation, regulation. And here's the difference. Relaxation is a temporary coping mechanism. When we're the typical American, when they are done with work, what do they do to relax? They go home, they crack open a beer, right? Or they eat a big meal or they go on vacation. All of those things that are classified as relaxation are only temporary a little bit of relief. And then when those things wear off, when you come back from vacation, you are just as dysregulated in the nervous system as you were before you went. Nothing was actually fixed on a neurological level. And none of those things you can also do while functional, right? So if you can only relax after work, and what's happening after work? Kids, spouse, bills, right? 
we, we need to, the difference with regulation of the nervous system is that a regulated nervous system, which we call autonomic fitness, is your ability to be in high stress in an effective and controlled way and know how to come back to homeostasis and then go back up in stress and back down to homeostasis, like a little graph, you know, going up and down. So while someone's at work, if they get activated, or I should say when they get activated, they have already trained their nervous system in yoga class to effectively be in activation. And then they know while at work how to regulate themselves afterwards to then prepare for the next activation that is sure to come. So I'm not training people for after action. I am training first responders how to be in action and regulate afterwards. Interesting. Um, I understand that with yoga, breathing is a big part of it. And with first responders, you use something called tactical breath work. Can you explain what tactical breath work is and how it can be helpful for first responders? Yes, absolutely. So breath work is the cornerstone, the foundation of yoga. And again, a lot of people don't realize that, but the the reason breath work is so effective is it belongs to the autonomic um, nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is the part of our nervous system that is functioning without conscious control, right? Same thing with digestion, perspiration, heartbeat, all that stuff, um, and breathing. But breathing is something, oh, and by the way, the stress response is also part of the autonomic nervous system. We don't turn on our stress response. It happens automatically, and that's uh, for survival. But the one thing we can control, like we have co-ownership with our nervous system, is breath work. I can ask you to hold your breath. I can ask you to make it deeper. I can say breathe through your nose or mouth. So we share control of our respiration with the autonomic nervous system. And that's where it's kind of like we're shaking hands with the nervous system. We're entering the portal through the breath work. And when we enter the portal into the nervous system through manipulating our breath, we can put our hands on other le on other levers. So we can actually manage our mental framing, how the brain waves. We can um manage hormone levels. We can manage our coherence and our heart rhythm by manipulating our breath work. So that's why the breath work is the most effective tool. The reason we call it tactical breath work is because it is a tool. It is a tactic. Just like anything else that you put tactical in front of, you're using it for a reason, for an outcome. So when I'm asking, if you go to a, a neighborhood yoga studio, you might hear them once or twice say, don't forget to breathe or breathe in this position. Now take a big breath. The difference between that and what we do is when you make it tactical breath work, it requires training and it requires specificity. So I will say, breathe into your belly. Now your ribs, now your chest, pause for two seconds, exhale for five seconds from the top down. We might breathe, you know, holding one nostril, then the other nostril, because that, you know, starts to fire up different parts of the brain. So we're really using techniques to make a change to our nervous system and create that autonomic fitness versus just saying, take a deep breath or don't forget to breathe. Following up on that, I'm wondering what are some of the biggest misconceptions that first responders have when it comes to starting a yoga practice? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's holding people back, what I've 
heard. In fact, I did an in-service training for a sheriff's office a couple of days ago. And I asked that first thing, I was like, what's your hesitation right now? Be honest with me, you know? And one of them said, I don't see how I'm supposed to sit here and clear my mind. And someone else said, I don't know what weird position you're going to make me do. Now, all of those misunderstandings are natural because of what is marketed out there for what yoga does. You see, you know, if you Google the word yoga and you Google image it, you're going to see someone on a mountaintop, you know, sitting down all peaceful and you're going to see some weird positions. And to me, that's almost a bit insulting to the yoga practice because it is implying to people who would like to start that if you don't have a mountain sunset and if you can't throw your leg around your neck like a scarf, then uh, yoga is probably not for you. When truly, you know, like I've mentioned, yoga is, you know, tr- is actual training of the nervous system using your breath and using the body that you have. So it doesn't matter, you know, I've trained yoga with vet- to veterans with no arms and legs. So it's not about crazy positions and it's not about clearing your mind. When we're training mastery of the mind, we're actually giving the mind something to focus on and you watch your mind continue to stray from that object. A great uh, comparison is training a dog sit, stay, sit, stay. And the dog's going to look to the left and look to the right and get distracted. But you keep training the dog to sit and stay and focus. And that's what we have to do uh, with our own minds. So the first step that I have to do when I'm training first responders is address these misconceptions. No, I'm not going to make you stretch and do weird positions. No, I'm not going to leave you a room in a room for an hour and say, think of nothing. Um, I'm actually going to give you tactics to make your brain and body work for you instead of against you. So if an agency is interested in starting a yoga class for their personnel, how would you suggest they get started? Well, that's exactly why um, we have our nonprofit organization because, you know, we are trying to create or we have created Um, really easy implementation structure to make it as easy as possible for an agency. Um, So I would suggest uh, starting with in-service training. That's how I typically start our programs. And the reason for that is it's mandatory when, and that is really the key because um, a lot of people may see yoga, free yoga is being offered. No, they're going to go home. You know, they're going to relax. They're not going to want to stay at work for an extra hour to do this yoga class, especially with the misconceptions we just talked about. So if we start with in-service training, you can put this under health and wellness, you can put it under resilience, you can put it under physical training. I've even done in-service training uh, under the defensive tactics umbrella as like a, as like a warm up, so to speak. But that way they can hear our instructors address these misconceptions and, you know, pivot them to what we're actually doing. And then after a nice series of in-service training, then, you know, we can start up with maybe weekly classes being offered at the agency. So now that they know what it's for, they're more apt to, uh, to have their members go and attend. But definitely something that is required first to get butts in the seats is going to be the most effective way to for buy-in. 
So even if um, an agency doesn't have any sponsored classes, can first responders access yoga for first responders classes online or some other way? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the bulk of our programs are through agencies, but that is not the only way. Um, We have instructors all over the country, you know, 150 instructors sporadic around the country in Canada as well, Netherlands, Australia. And so wherever you are, if you shoot us an email, info at yogaforfirstresponders.org or programs at yogaforfirstresponders.org and just say, I'm in Oklahoma and I would love to have a YFFR class. What do I do? One, we can identify an instructor there and we even do yoga at breweries. Oh, wow. <laughs> They'll open up our space. Yeah. So we will figure it out. So we'll either kind of do our own thing and say, okay, we're going to hold it here and bring your friends and whatever. Um, or if there is not an instructor locally, we do have online programs. So we have an app, an on-demand training program and an app with videos Um, That's on our website. If you go under classes and on demand, you can sign up for that. Um, And uh, that is over 100 training classes on the computer, on your phone, on your tablet, all that good stuff. Um, And then we are going to be launching publicly um, our online course platform. And that we've already done a pilot study um, of our six week course, our six week online course. And it showed it had markers that everyone who completed all six weeks had significant decrease in stress symptoms, which is very exciting to, to hear the outcome. Um, what we do use it for now is we have a two hour in-service on there. So if, uh, and we did that because of COVID because a lot of our in-person in-service got canceled. So um, we can also supply online in-service, um, but the courses will be launched publicly next year. Wow, that's wonderful. You know, we just held um, an officer safety, resilience, and wellness leadership forum in Seattle this last week. And one of your instructors, Demi Ben, was there and she got a lot of really high remarks. So thank you for allowing her to come and teach a small group of people. So what can we expect next from yoga for first responders? Well, we have some exciting things coming up. I feel like we're up leveling every year and not, you know, not just, um, self-motivated, but we're getting a lot of demand, which is really exciting. So the things coming up next year is, like I mentioned, we're going to be launching the online course platform publicly. So not only for agencies, but anyone would wants to take the six-week intro to yoga for first responders, they can. So you can look for that probably around Q1 or early Q2. Um, we have instructor schools. So instructor schools, um, we've just we've just completed our 20th instructor school where you are trained on how to be a wife of our instructor, no pre-requirements at all. So if you've never touched a yoga mat, if you are an experienced yoga instructor, um, come to the instructor school. We'll teach you how to instruct for yourself, you know, how to practice and instruct um, traditional yoga that is job specific and culturally informed for law enforcement and other first responders as well. Um, so we'll have about three or four of those next year. Um, St. Louis, Denver. Uh, there's another one, St. Louis, Denver. We're also talking to Florida. So we have uh, maybe New Jersey. So those will be solidified 
and put on our website when uh, when everything is ready to go. But the biggest thing I'm excited about is we're launching a research study in conjunction with University of New South Wales. Um, we will be training 50 first responders in uh, a series of 16 yoga classes and tracking their markers for not only performing enhan uh, enhancing performance, I should say, but also um, the markers that show if they will eventually have stress-based issues. Um, so we're hoping to get some really good results out of that and even gives, you know, my whole job is to take away any excuse for a first responder to not practice yoga. And I think that having some white papers um, on the practice is only going to help that effort. Olivia, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a quick one to two minute breath work technique our listeners could use on an everyday basis. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is what I do. I'm happy to do it. So I'm going to teach uh, probably the, the, the foundational one, the one that's really the golden nugget. Everything else is built upon this breath work. So if you're listening now um, and you know, you could even do this in a, in your vehicle. So this is not something that's taking you out of your body into a meditative state, right? This is taking you in to be more aware of your nervous system. But wherever you are, if you could sit tall, so make sure you're not slouching in your chair, feet down on the ground, pressing down on your feet, pressing down on your butt so that your spine gets nice and tall shoulders down and then placing one hand on the belly the lower belly like where your belt sits and then place the other hand right underneath the bottom rib so kind of the top of the waist and squeeze in with your thumb and your index finger and taking a giant and slow breath through the nose inflate the belly and the waist where your fingers are like a balloon so you inhale and the belly waist and low back inflates Pause for one moment, and as you exhale, feel the deflation of the belly and the waist. Let's do that just two more times. Inhale, belly, the waist, inflate, and even the back body, like as if your kidneys were lungs, getting bigger, bigger, bigger in your low back, and exhale, and one more time. Inhale, belly. Always breathing through the nose because not only is that giving us more nitric oxide, which is better for the effectiveness of our breath, but it also keeps the nervous system calm and in control. Now keep the one hand that's on the belly, take the other hand that's on the waist and lift it up to press in on your ribs, almost as if you're wearing your vest, a ballistic vest, because we want to put a little bit of pressure on the muscles that are around the ribs. That's going to help them fire up and engage. So we inhale and the belly inflates like we've been doing, but you continue to inhale and the ribs start to press against your hand, opening up the ribs like a cylinder. Exhale, the ribs deflate and the belly draws in. So two more like that. Belly low back. Keep inhaling to the ribs. Pause. Exhale, ribs <clears throat> and belly deflate. One more time. Inhale, belly. Ribs. Pause. Exhale, ribs belly. Now take the hand that's on the belly, place it on the chest right underneath the collarbones. So you have a hand pressing in on the ribs, resting on the chest, the shoulders stay down. You inhale at the very bottom edge of the belly, expand the ribs all the way into the hand without lifting the shoulders, pause, 
exhale, the chest releases, the ribs deflate, and the belly pulls in. Try that two more times. Inhale, belly, ribs, chest, pause. Now exhale, almost like you're resisting, like you don't want to exhale. So you exhale a little bit at a time as the chest depresses, the ribs and the belly taking as long as possible. Let's do one more time. Inhale, belly, ribs, chest, exhale, chest, ribs, belly. And the last thing we're going to add, keep doing the breath work, belly, ribs, chest as you inhale, chest, ribs, belly as you exhale, but this time place the hands on the thighs. And as you inhale from the bottom up, count to three in your mind. And then after you inhale, hold for two. And now as you exhale from the top down, exhale for five even counts. Inhale for three, hold for two, exhale for five. And one more time in that pattern, actually two more times in that pattern on your own. And after you exhale for five, let's inhale, lift the shoulders, make tension. And we're going to H-A, exhale out the mouth as you drop your shoulders. <sighs> And there you go. So that was called three-part breath. And then we added coherency breath, which is the three, two, five pattern. Thank you so much, Olivia. That was wonderful. And I really want to thank you for your time and sharing your expertise with us. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Yeah, my pleasure. For more information on yoga for first responders, please go to their website, at www.yogaforfirstresponders.org. This concludes this episode of our podcast. Please join us next month on the first Wednesday for another episode of Leadership APB. Until then, please stay safe and be well.